Hello, and welcome back to the Observation Deck. Hello, everyone. Hi, Thomas. How have you been for the past week? Honestly, I'm better. I feel like you start every episode by saying honestly, and then you wait. That should be our bit. You know? <laughs> Just for the ne- for the next twenty episodes, it just gets longer and longer. Longer by one second every episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's anyway. Uh, well, what a, what a news week, huh? Oh uh, yeah, so much stuff happening. Well, there was a lot happening in the states last week, but this like we're recording this on a Wednesday. There's been basically nothing since Monday. I mean, again, the closest news he and I were just talking about it was uh, well, well, <laughs> the okay. pipelines. Well, there's well, there's there's there's. A few major things in the states, uh, in the states, and in the global politics. There's Israel Palestine, which I'm not touching with a ten foot pole. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if we get requests to talk about it, I'll talk about it. Please no. Please don't. We don't want to completely end our political electability in the future, as if we haven't already. Well, actually, no. I'm not worried. I can have an opinion on Israel Palestine as a conservative. Liberals can't though, because half their base agrees with Israel and half their base agrees with Palestine. See, my problem with a lot of the things is most notably uh, my problem with a lot of the Liberal Party is that they keep trying to deport uh, Helmut Oberlander. What? Helmut Oberlander. I'm sorry. Explain, please. I'm... He's a person who applied for citizenship. He was a Nazi back during the war, and World War II. Yes. What, what, what war would you, you think I was well, talking about? You could still be a Nazi and fight in, like, the Iraq War, as a, like, a personal politics-wise. Okay, but when I say you Nazi, mean, like, you think actual of... actual genuine member of the Nazi... No, well, not really. He was a conscript oh. from one of the many areas. Okay. And he was forced into service. Mm-hmm. And he immigrated to Canada, and he built a lot of the places in and around our area here. Sure. As I hit the microphone for a second time. Nice. Oh, speaking um, of the microphone, you picked the right one this time, right? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Listeners, Thomas has made that mistake a number of times, so I'm not just busting him for no reason. Yeah, Thomas is a wee bit of a moron some mm-hmm. days. I, I am a sound engineer, I'm just... broken. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he built a lot of our area around here, but they keep denying him citizenship. Why? And they keep trying to deport him. Why? Well, he was a Nazi. Not by choice. I know. For the party that is pro-choice, it seems kind of funny. I know. That when someone didn't do something... My favorite thing is that, well, it's like, well, how do we not... Well, how do we know he didn't participate in the death squads and whatnot else? Well, I mean, was he a part of the SS? No. Well, then he may have. He may have accidentally or even covertly helped. But... Or sorry, not covertly, but you know what I mean. Whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And moreover, even still, even if he did all that stuff, even if he actively and maliciously went out of his way to kill innocent people, that happened over, what, 70 years ago? I mean, yeah, look at the rest of his life. As long as he sort of spent his time atoning for his sins, then... Nah. Like, what does I, like, he sure, came he's here. had some bad things in the past, and I think I should make it clear. Nazis are bad. Yes. Very bad. We've said that how many times? But if you offer no path to redemption for people, and sure, there might be the argument to be made that, you know, if you've killed 75 people just because of their religion or their race, then, yeah, there should be, it should be almost damn near impossible to come back from that. Mm-hmm. But, like, first of all, we need to assume that he didn't do it unless we can, unless we can prove that he did. Yep. Because that's our entire premise of our justice system. And second, if even if he participated in some of that unwillingly or willingly or whatever at the time... People are allowed to change. Yeah. That's sort of the crux of my whole argument is, well, like, okay, hold on. This happened 70 years ago, and very clearly, he says, 
I don't have remorse because I never killed a single person. Mm-hmm. Now, again, irregardless of whether or not that statement is true or false, if he hasn't killed a single person on Canadian soil, well, congratulations, he's a Canadian. He was accepted under falsehoods. Did he lie about him being a Nazi? Yes. But again, he was a conscript. Yeah, I think there's an important difference to be made between people who willingly participated in the active promotion of an evil ideology and those who were just conscripted. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's happening. With that out of the way. Um, What else happened over... The CDC updated their masking guidelines about vaccinated individuals, but we've had that discussion enough times that Thomas and I feel like we'd be beating a horse that died a long time ago and is buried in the ground, and we don't want to grab the shovel and dig it up to just start beating it some more. So, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how long this takes. I've got an excavator. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, right? And so we settled on talking about the... There's there's two issues, actually, but they're both very similar. They both involve pipelines. You, okay, Ooh, this! The, the first one's a bit funnier, because so we can just sort of comment on it, because it's quite funny. So, what happened is a Russian hacker group hacked into Colonial's pipeline control systems, and s- supposedly stopped the operation of one of their pipelines that controlled about 50% of the oil to the eastern seaboard. To the eastern seaboard. And whilst... Obviously, if there was no stress and demand, everything would have been fine. People don't think like that. People will see, oh, gas is good. Oh, no, the pipeline shut down. It's going to be harder to get gas. I better go buy some. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of the Y2K panic. Yeah. There's a thing going around. Well, Y2K might happen. We might not have water. So everyone, at the last possible second, decides to fill up a bath, their bathtub full of water so they have water. Well, look at what happened in... Oh, golly, I wonder what that's going to do. Well, look at what happened in March with the toilet paper oh, yeah. and, like, baking supplies and all that stuff. Well, okay, the baking supplies at least kind of made well, sense. Well, yeah, because people are home more. They have more yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. But, like, I can and tell you... most baking supplies store, don't die. I, well, I can tell you what what happened. I work, we're having worked at a grocery store back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. People came in with carts loaded with stuff that they really didn't need. Yeah. And it's like everyone's saying, oh, all the supplies, and we were out of stockable, quite a few things. Like, we almost ran out of just cheddar cheese. I remember, so my family is very good Mm -hmm. in a crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, like... So was mine. Everything... My family didn't, like, overbuy anything. But we went to Costco for a big trip because that's how we usually shop. Yeah. And also, we knew that we should go now rather than... Wait. Like, we went at a time when it was, like, before literally everyone was doing it. Yep. Um... And well, we didn't buy, like, the toilet paper rolls because we had enough in the house already. Well, it's like my family. We sat there and we said, all right, so what do we need? All right, we'll go get this. And so we started baking, whatnot else, doing the things we normally would have, mm-hmm. just staying at home more. Yep. And we were fine up until about June mm-hmm. when still there were still people hoarding toilet paper, still people hoarding yep. baking supplies. Mm-hmm. So I went in looking for toilet paper because we had just finally run out mm-hmm. and looking for a yeast. It's like yeah, I was looking for yeast too because I started getting in. I started getting into baking when I was last yeah. last March, well last April or May actually is when I started. What was it you said to me when I said I was getting better at pastry making? I don't remember, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> ah, entrapment. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyways, so obviously, of course, because people see the news of a pipeline hacked, half of the oils to the eastern seaboard is. Fucked which, for the time which being. Which doesn't mean half of gasoline, because different percentages of oil are different, like, are used for different Well, most of it's of just things. bitumen. 
Well, it's mostly just crude, right? Well, bitumen. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no, crude and bitumen are different. Bitumen is before crude oil. I'm, I think most of it's crude, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, depend. It depends on when they start the refinery process mm -hmm. and what side of the pipeline. But, of course, everyone's like, ha, I better go buy some gasoline. Which, is that an understandable thing to do if you know that gasoline's going to be hard to get? Sure, maybe. Possibly. Is but... it understandable to bring shopping bags and fill them up with gasoline <laughs> with, with a highly flammable liquid? <laughs> I remember seeing a Jeep actually exploded because a dude <laughs> hoarded gas and then lit a cigarette in his car. What a, what a moron. In oh a hot goodness. summer day. Oh my goodness. But the thing about me is that <laughs> I, I saw a thing. It was a boomer comic, so you know it was going to mm -hmm. be good. Mm -hmm. But it was, at, it was a good boomer comic. Oh, and it boy. was, honey... Would you get it? Would you buy us an Am Go on Amazon, buy us a camera. Oh, why? Our neighbor just put gasoline-filled bags in his summer shed. <laughs> Did you see the picture of this woman with an SUV that was filling up a laundry hamper? <laughs> and it was empty. Like the, the yeah, the yeah, the yeah, holes, yeah. Of course. Oh my goodness, that was that was too funny. Mm. Yeah. Bottom line, I think our comments. Don't be morons. Please just think once in your goddamn lives. Well, it's like I th you thought you would have thought people would have learned from the extreme stress that March caused. Oh yeah, well last March year, March twenty twenty. And I think to Ontario's credit, they learned. Well, you want to know the funny thing is I'm about toilet at, paper. Well, having worked at a grocery store for the past, I wonder what, what the funny thing about the toilet paper shortage was though. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It was a conspiracy theory out of. Uh, I almost don't, said Russia. Don't say it's a conspiracy theory. Don't no, tell me it actually is. It was a conspiracy theory coming out of uh, Australia. Crikey. They believed that a lot of their toilet paper was manufactured in China. And since China was closing down because of coronavirus, they wouldn't be able to get toilet paper. So a rumor in Australia caused panic all over the world and caused toilet paper hoardings. Sorry, I just I find that so hilarious. Well, I will say, to Ontario's credit, the Canadian people seem to be much smarter than people on the eastern coast of the United States. No. Well, because no. the reason I say that is because no. let me explain. In one instance of learning to not overstress the supply chain, because when we went into our second and third lockdowns, people didn't overstress the supply chain. They learned from last time, and they're like, "Hey, if we just buy what we need like we normally do, the supply chain won't be disrupted." I mean, it was still very disrupted. It won't but... be. It won't be put under such stress that it falters. Yeah. To the point where gasoline prices hit like almost four four bucks a gallon. Which is only about a buck a liter, which is still a hell of a lot cheaper than it is right now. It's like almost one thirty a liter, I think. Well, that's because we do a lot of, especially in Ontario, we have a lot of taxes on our gas. I was going to say, it's the, yeah, it's the tax, and the United States doesn't have anywhere near as many. Like, honestly... It's to discourage us from driving. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we should talk about sometime, is city planning. Me, <laughs> you and I have a lot to say on that topic. I <clears throat> oh, Father, I want to fuck everyone on Earth! Then you should become a city planner. Yeah. Oh, what was it? What was it? Uh, <coughs> uh, there's a song. I think it's from Little Shop of Horrors. And it's like, you should be a dentist. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> he like, liked, he was a sociopath. Yeah. And he likes causing people pain. Yeah, that's pain. right. The person. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually a good play that I saw. Like, oh, much, yeah. I don't like musicals very much. That was actually like much better than I expected it to be. Did you go on the New York trip? No? No, I wasn't on the New York trip. Well, uh, I missed one of the plays <laughs> on the New York trip because <laughs> I, I tripped in traffic. I heard about this. Uh, the Hard Rock Cafe. Yep. I mean, in fairness, 
That was a smart thing to do, is just go back to the last place your group was when you didn't know where your group went. Well, I mean, we were literally going... Okay, I'm... Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna run y'all through little Thomas's ideas. Go ahead. Well, no, no, explain this, sir. Explain this. Okay. First. So it's, essentially it's, we it's went to the hard, story. so we went to the hard rock cafe cause it's, uh, it was a music trip. So we go to New York, you know, standard music trip stuff, see the factories and Broadway and all that stuff, you know, the museums, uh, especially the museums and whatnot else. Sure. Yeah. So we go to the hard rock cafe to eat cause you know, music, hard rock cafe hmm, seemed like a good choice. I went to the Hard Rock Cafe in New York when I was there in 2011 with oh, my yeah. family. It wasn't bad. No, no, it's pretty like, good. I don't remember it very much because it was... Holy crap, that was 10 years ago this year. Gee, oh man. I don't remember much about it myself, but that's just because... Wow. The events preceding it were... or uh, Sorry, after it were so... So much more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so ahead. we go in, we eat. We're in a rush to get to our next play. And if anyone's ever been in New York at 8 o'clock at night, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. You know exactly what I mean by shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. It's like a Japanese subway. I do remember that. It was insane. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we're walking down the street. We're going... Now, we are just going, like, three or four streets down and one street across to get to our playhouse. I know where it is, because I actually... Because I can actually read a map. Mm-hmm. However, I trip in traffic. I... When I... By the time I get back up, um, I don't see our guide. I don't see anyone else. I don't recognize anyone else. Too many people. Too many people going by. So, I think... I can't stay here, because no one's going to find me. Ever. Yeah, it's New York. So, uh, okay, I know where I'm going. I'll just go to the playhouse. Go to the playhouse. Playhouse won't let me in, won't let me talk to anybody, won't let me make an announcement, won't make an announcement on the PA for me to say, hey, I'm outside, help well, me. Well, I guess I understand because they're not supposed to disrupt anything when the play's going on. But the play wasn't going on. Oh. Hadn't even fucking started yet. What the heck? I don't know, man. That playhouse was some on some loony shit. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah. So anyway, so very clear lost child in New York. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think that would have... I honestly, okay, I mean this in the best way possible. I yep. wish you would have got, like, kidnapped or something, and then your parents would have sued the pants off of that playhouse. <laughs> because they had every opportunity to avoid that by telling the people you were with. Oh, fun there. fact, I asked the New York uh, police, actually, hey, do you know, uh, hey, I'm looking uh, for a GRCI group. You guys know where they are? Get lost, kid. Fucking stellar police work. But anyway, uh, they were probably on like a mob bus. Oh, it's New York. <laughs> no, they were on the mounted horseback. They were on horseback, like actual horses. I or think are you so. Just, like using a figure of speech. No, they were they were horseback. I don't remember why, but they were. Maybe they were just ceremonial cops or like fake co- cops. Someone in like a cop uniform for like something. Uh, possibly. God, I hope so, because otherwise. But they were in a very convincing uniform, if that was okay. the case. So let's but anyway, to, let's get back. To so you were at the you were at the playhouse. They so wouldn't, I, they wouldn't let me in. So I'm like, okay. Uh, option one is out of the way, so, okay, go back to option two, so I guess the only other option is, go back to Hard Rock Cafe, go back to the Hard Rock Cafe, talk to the concierge, she's busy, because it's Hard Rock Cafe. It's busy, it's New York, right? It's, it's New York, and it's a Hard Rock Cafe, like, it's busy. So, walk in, she's busy, but it's like, oh, so you were a part of a group? Yeah, well, have they eaten yet? Or, so you've been seated. They, have they been seated? Uh, no, we ate, like, I don't know, an hour ago? Mm-hmm. Just because by walking through traffic there, back, all that yeah, other stuff. Yeah. Um, took me an hour. I'm like, oh, um, well, why are you here? Well, I got separated from my group, and I have no idea where they are. (laughs) Uh, The playhouse wouldn't let me in, so, uh, is, I'm not sure what y'all can do for me. Like, do you have their numbers to call them so I can, you know, link back up with them? Which they didn't. But they did have the number for the home office, so they called the home office. Home office called the bus driver. The bus driver said, okay, well, I'll take you to the, uh, well, here's the rendezvous spot. 
So basically you have this like three or four man chain of people reviewing information back and forth. So eventually two hours later, uh, the head manager comes over and walks me over to the bus spot and lets me in. They didn't realize I was gone until they got on the bus and hey, look, Thomas is already on it. They How? didn't realize you were the loudest person at that high school. You were like you forget by far the you forget person. you forget. I have no intermediate. I go from silent to extremely loud. With yes, no bridge. But it's New York. If you're not loud, you're not going to be heard. You'd be the only voice that other people would hear. You forget. I am, despite my stature and. Uh, How did your friends not notice you were gone? Because I didn't really have a lot of friends on that trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I gotta say, one of the things that I am proudest for of, of myself, like as far as everyone, mm-hmm. is because that was grade 10, right? And we yeah. went on the grade 12 Nova Scotia trip. Yes. Um, I had very few friends at the start of grade 12 mm-hmm. for a reason. I got into a fight with one of my friends. Well, turn, not really. And one of my friends turned out was just lying to me and saying that he was my friend. And he really was annoyed with me. Which, We're really letting our identity oh, slip through here. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's like, well, I have people already know who I am. True. Um, at least I think. So, I'm just not going to name names because I Go don't ahead. have any answers against the person anymore. Go ahead. So, this friend, this a friend of mine, turns out, didn't really like me, thought I was annoying and didn't want to be friends anymore, mm-hmm. which is fine. But instead of telling me, he just sort of pretended that he wasn't. To his he credit, he thought that like was me. the best idea. Yes. He didn't want to cause too much yeah. drama, which only ended up causing drama, but hey, in high school, what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. So, he, so basically, I find out, I call him on it, we have a falling out. And then he tells a friend group that I used to hang out with that we, me and him are no longer friends. And they're all, I guess they were, they were all just better friends with this person. And so they, uh, they hung out together more and basically just excluded you, excluded me, which, you know what I, at the time, how old was I? I was like 16 at the time, I think. Like I could handle it, you know, like mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I, I, I wasn't like a little baby anymore. Like I knew, you know what, that's fine. They just don't mm-hmm. like me. I don't need to be bothered by the fact that there are people that exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Me. But I didn't really have many friends. And so I sort of did a lot of introspection and I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what makes me annoying? And I tried to work out a lot better of like what to improve on myself to mm-hmm. make it so that I'm not as annoying to be around, which and I'm not saying that in the emo, emo way of like a, an eighth grade, eighth grade me where I was like, Oh, I'm sorry for annoying everyone. Mm-hmm. But like, like the, obviously I was an annoying person. Sure. Um, so I tried to fix that and I think I did. And by the time we got on the Nova Scotia trip at the end of the year, I actually like most people there yeah. were not, like well, most I'm not going to say many people with. weren't, I wasn't friendly with people. It was just more so, you know. Yeah. Well, like, I, I had a lot of, like, I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. more than I would have expected. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so there were a lot of people, like, who were just, you know, accepted me as a person there that was great to talk to. But that was about it. So I'm assuming, and you know how easy it is to lose me in a crowd. No, I just shout Thomas and you shout back. True. But again, the one time walking with Rita down uh, Waterloo, Uptown Waterloo. When was this? The very first time I met Rita with you. <gasps> right! We wa- we were walking down the street and you two just completely lost me as I was staring at the both of you two. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at least I noticed you were gone. Oh yeah. Granted, I, that was a party of three and our class yeah. size was cut in, in by 50%. <laughs> 50% of two is one. I'm going from the lower. But well, I guess she. But there was by, Rita. It was cut by thirty three percent. Thank you. Because you're starting and then cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the number. The reduction. <laughs> it was a fifty percent reduction in size. No, that doesn't work either. Uh, there was a thirty three percent reduction. When we realized you were gone, our group was fifty percent smaller. 
No, because that would mean you'd lost an extra half a person. We were missing 50% of the size of our group. Well, okay, that's fair. I'm a fairly large person. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Anyway, so that's... I I forgot to say the best part of that Uh story. Um, So it's my first day in New York there. This was, this happened on the second night, and so the first night we were there, there's a Bible thumper. You know, fire and brimstone type, you know. Well, like outside, like not, not yeah. in your group, you mean. Like, no, 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 in just the, the streets of New York. are coming. Yeah, pretty much. So, me, being me, I go up to him, start, you know, putting on my fake shakes, my, my eye twitches, you know, pull, really playing it up. Yeah. Hail Satan! And ran away. Like a bitch. bitch. (laughs) Oh no, that's not even the best part. When I tripped up in traffic, guess who was on the corner preaching? Guess who noticed me fall? There's no way he remembered you. No? There's no way he remembered you. No way. You fucking said, and that's what happens to sinners. Well, yeah, but he could have just been saying that because, like, he would have made have said that if anyone. I'm not sure. Either way, it could have been either one. But I think. The coincidence is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The coincidence that I look up, there he is, and that's what happens to sinners. New York. That, that's that. It, I saw the first time I ever saw a topless person was in New York when I was 11 years old. 10 years old, actually. Because it was summer 2011 before I turned 11. Weak. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, because I, I remember. I was on, you know how they have like those double decker hop on, hop off tours? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We, so we were on one of those going to like the Empire State Building or something mm-hmm. or like, um, like the Guggenheim or something like that. The museum, not I, I not, know. not MoMA, the actual good art museum. I, I know well, the only one left. The only one left in New York that's actually. I was about to say uh, the the Louvre scoffs. I said that's why I said in New York. New York, yeah. Anyway, so we were on the top of the bus. My brother and sister didn't see it. Yeah. The, well, I say it, her, mm-hmm. them. <laughs> so, I mean, and I I remember because they uh, was it was it after or before like it, at some point I, it might have been like when the person noticed they made a comment about it like the guy it mm-hmm. might have been like the day before someone said something no i think it must have been like after the person saw they said that you're allowed to be topless in new york if you're a woman if you're an artist <laughs> which of course as a kid i did not understand that that was a joke and i so i literally turned to my dad and i'm like oh i guess she must be an artist <laughs> She's wearing jeans middle of, middle of august full jeans no shirt no bra. I mean, gotta respect your self-confidence, that's for sure. Uh, most like, certainly. I, as a guy who's completely normal for to walk around shirtless, I wouldn't have the self-confidence to do that. No way, no how. <laughs> but, how did we get here from a piping? Oh, because we were talking about stupidity. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, speaking of stupidity, let's move on to the next pipeline story that happened last week. Oh, yes, the Michigan one? The Michigan one. Ah, so, uh, the Michigan I can one. explain this one a little better. I mean, we've talked about pipelines before, but... Well, pipelines are much, much better than the any other alternative as far as moving oil. Uh, to quote something I heard about the Northwest Passage. The Northwest Passage is like... You... Sailing up and around? Yeah, through Canada. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were talking yeah. about like some it's... something else. <clears throat> in regards to that, uh, the presenter was talking about, you know, it is kind of ironic in the end. That uh, climate change is making a far better uh, sailing route. Like, that would uh, lower the emissions produced by shipping. It, well, it, oh, yeah, because you yeah. don't have to travel as far. Yeah. 
Either that or it increases the amount of oil being transported. Well, it what it does is it cuts distance because you don't have to go through the Panama Canal. So if you're sailing from like Japan, you don't have to dip closer to the equator and then dip back around. You can actually go with the flow of the Earth. Yeah, you can just sail around where the radius of the Earth is smallest at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not radius because radius always goes towards the center. Yeah. Well, the no, you know why you curve of... up when you fly, right? Like when well, you. Well, yeah. Well, it's because you're following the curvature of the Earth. Yeah. But if you only curve up. On a map, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't take into account the fact that, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the easiest way to picture it is imagine you're on the equator and you're going from point A to point B. Yeah. Now, spin the equator line, not the actual Earth, up mm-hmm. to where you're, like, to intersect your yeah, yeah. positions, and that's the shortest between yeah. the two points on a sphere. Um, right, climate change, yes. Um, no, no, the pipeline. No, I was pipeline. just saying that no, yeah. it's no, kind of ironic positive. that... Something that increases... It, it's, a, it's a rubber band. Yeah. You know, not intentional, obviously, but yeah, it just yeah. happened to be, hey, now less less climate impact. Mm-hmm. It's a lot really freaking cold up there, though. And it's, well, and it's kind of the same thing with the pipeline. It is a more environmental way to destroy the environment more efficiently. Because mm-hmm. you're destroying it through altering the climate via carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and the greenhouse effect. But you're transporting that oil much safer than you could via any other mean. Mm-hmm. So, there's this pipeline operated by Enbridge called Line 5. Um, it runs from the prairies out through the states a bit, and then it ends in Sarnia. And it runs through uh, Michigan, right? But it ends in Sarnia, and it's where, I believe, like about roughly 50, a little less than 50% of Ontario's oil and about two-thirds of Quebec's oil comes from this line. Um, I, re- I just remember hearing that on the news. I'm just, nah, never mind. It's a lot. Yeah, I know. I It's just, I don't know how it... Eh, never mind. Well, because it goes from the prairies, and instead of going up and around and down the Great Lakes... Oh, yeah, I... It I, just cuts in a yeah, straight yeah, line, yeah, basically, yeah. to Sarnia. Um, and Michigan, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, said to the company, you have to stop operating this pipeline. To which the company promptly said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Which, as they should, because, I'm sorry, but a gover- an agreement made with the federal government and other states... Mm-hmm. and other provinces. So two countries, multiple provinces, multiple states mm-hmm. should not become invalidated just because one state doesn't like it. Yep. Like at least once the agreement's already been made. Yeah. Right? Don't so, go back on your word basically. Yeah. Well, and it's not even that. It's that once you've made an agreement with all these other people, you can't just back out and tend the whole agreement in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. You know? So there the reason she's doing this is because she wants to be more environmentally friendly. Oh, yes. Let's which, be more environmentally friendly by fucking over the environment. Well, as long as it's not her environment, of course. Oh. Well, because, yeah, because obviously if there's no pipeline, what do you do? You either ship it on train, which is about twice as likely to spill, or you ship it on trucks, which is about ten times as likely to spill. Yep. And those also use more oil themselves, yep. right? So, like... Oh, yes. Let's, uh... Let's transport the oil using said oil. Yes. And... I used the stones to destroy the stones. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. So, Enbridge has been fighting back. And said, basically, this is a federal government issue. It's not yours to say stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And what's going to probably end up happening is it'll... I don't know. We'll see what happens. If the governor backs down, then obviously that's one thing. But, like, one way or another, I think the pipeline's going to end up remaining in operation. Because either, either A, Enbridge customers will be like, okay, well, you can't shut down this pipeline unless you want to start... Because they're not going to stand for just increased <laughs> prices. Yeah. So either, what what the what the governor of Michigan said is she said that if the pipeline remains in operation, she's going to seriously de-incentivize its use. 
So how's she going to do that? Imposing sanctions per the amount of transported through it, probably. Oh, I see. But then Enbridge just shouldn't pay, quite honestly. Let it go up to the Supreme Court. I don't care. Huh? Like, I mean, if you have... Uh, wait, can they even put import duties on... Like I said, I think that would be a question for the courts. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, yeah, like, is it really an import if it's just passing through? Yeah, and the other thing is, is that it's, uh, again, I thought that was to be said by the the uh, federal government in America. Exactly, it should be. You're allowed to tax certain things, but obviously taxes only come in uh, on sale. Yeah. Or, like, on usage of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, either you yeah, pay yeah, someone yeah, and you yeah. pay taxes, or you pay for something and you pay taxes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what she's gonna do because, like, she's really obviously catering to the environmental groups there. But I think I think the environmental groups need to start getting their head out of their ass. Yes, I was because at this point, well, what they don't understand, like, <sighs> like it or not, we are like Canada and the United States and most countries in the world are dependent on oil in one form or another. Unfortunately, what this does by getting rid of pipelines, it doesn't stop the demand for oil. Nope. It just means that you'll have to use less efficient methods of transporting it. Yep. And also, if you're worried about oil spills, more risky methods of transporting it. Precisely. Well, as I said again, oh dear, I, uh, there's a hole in the pipeline? Clunk. Great. Let's fix it. Ah, I've spilled 50 gallons. Well, I mean, that's a lot of oil, Thomas. Well, it is. It is a lot of oil to a regular person. But when, like, but like, like in that's... The, when you say two, about 190 liters of fuel yeah. of oil... That's a lot of oil to a regular person. You're like, wow, that's... You'd think that's a lot. Because, like, what, what's up? A standard bathtub is how big? Kind of thing. Oh, jeez. Like, I don't 40 know. liters, probably? No. I'm trying to think. Like, one of my five okay. gallons that wow. were sitting there in the kitchen are 20 oh, that's liters. five gallons, yeah. So... So, probably, probably 15, like, 20. Le- gallons? Gallons. I was going to say, probably about 80 liters then, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think because I'm picturing like this, you know, the two two mm-hmm, liter mm-hmm. juice cartons that you or juice yeah, 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 yeah. juice things that you can buy. I'm picturing like laying those in like a bathtub, like yeah, yeah. box made it better, but yeah, I guess yeah, let's call it eighty liters. So it's like yeah, that's that's two and a half bathtubs of of oil, mm-hmm. which is a lot, sure, but it's nothing in comparison to what a tanker hauls. Exactly, and it's nothing. Not and, and, and if that nothing, tanker collapses, well. Now you've got a tanker either bleeding it out directly into a civilian populated area, which could possibly poison civilians. Or lead to a fire. Or lead to a fire or several other problems. Or it's now bleeding directly into mm-hmm. the environment. And that's also nothing compared to to how much is on a, like yep. a train. If you're just loading up a train with yep. tanker cars, like that's a crap load of oil. One of those tanker cars is probably more than triple that 50 liters or 50 gallons. Mm-hmm. Brilliant work, environmentalists. Yep. If you can see the daylight, you're going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it? Because yeah, <laughs> all the way through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I don't you know, I don't get it. I don't under, like. That's part of the reason I don't understand the Green Party. Yep. Is because whilst I we we've talked about nuclear mm-hmm. energy before, mm-hmm. like we talked about climate change before, and we mm-hmm. both agree that nuclear energy is the future. But no political party wants to touch it with a ten foot pole because reasons. Because well, no, it's probably it's because the oil and gas lobby probably. Yep. It's not. I I do think that. Hey Trudeau. Hey, uh, literally every single frickin' person who's ever talked I about should... climate change. Yep. Why, on motherfucking God's green earth, if you are going to have a spine, why are you subsidizing oil? 
That should be the very first thing you cut. You want to balance your budget? You want to make yourself run less of a deficit? There's where you should start, because that's just money going into the inve- pockets of investments. Well, okay, what's the difference? Oil. What's the difference between stopping subsidies on oil and a carbon tax? I don't tax the people, and I stop but, making oil more yes, profitable. But the problem, I one of the things that I obviously I'm conservative, so I think first of all, restrictions on businesses. Probably most restrictions on businesses. Are but that's not a restriction. But let me um, let me finish. But if you remove an oil and gas subsidy, which honestly, I would not be like it's one thing for like the oil sands to encourage development there, mm-hmm. but it's another to straight up just oil and gas, like period. Um, I just, I what was I gonna say? I was going to say right. If you remove that subsidy, sure that ha- that applies at the manufacturer and supplier level. Right? The problem is, in effect, that'll still tr- fall down the chain to the consumer I'm not level saying as far it as won't. cost increase. So in effect, I'm not saying it won't. Well, that's why I'm saying, in effect, removing a subsidy and the carbon tax are the same thing. Well, they can well, be. Well, as far as, like, they're the same thing as far as the effect the consumer will feel. Yes. But it gives not o- but it not only in- disincentivizes the production of it, mm-hmm. it also causes problems... For the consumer, meaning it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You can cut from both ends mm-hmm. as opposed to the other end, mm-hmm. which is just consumer-based. Well, I like, I just honestly don't understand why they don't just start building nuclear plants. Like, literally, you could build, like, ten nuclear plants in Canada, and then boom. <laughs> Most of the energy required by Canadians is a, is provided no. for. Because we have, like, five in Ontario, no, and that's have, only 60. We have, we have two in Ontario. There's only two in operation. There's... Uh, the Bruce power plant, and there's the one in... The Pickering one is shut down, I believe. There's another one somewhere. Uh, let me look this up real quick. How many... Three. Nuclear power plants operating in Ontario. Bruce Power in King Carden. Bruce A and B nuclear uh, generating stations. Uh... And four reactors in the broom. Yeah. Oh, you looked up reactors. Or no, number of active nuclear power plants. No, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm seeing this, no, this... I looked up how many reactors are there. Oh, in, yeah, no, because each power plant can have several reactors. Yeah, because there's three different Bruce power plants. Let me look this up a little bit. Are operational. Oh, Bruce A was shut were shut down in the late nineteen nineties. Okay, then Bruce why A is Pickering, right? Don't know. I'm not asking how many there are in Canada. Fucking Christ! Oh, there are eighteen Candu reactors in Ontario, one in New Brunswick, and ten in operation outside of Canada. But those are reactors. Those are reactors, not plants, because each plant would have a number of reactors. Uh, yeah, I'm only seeing two. Yeah, two. There's the Bruce Power in Bruce, on the near the Bruce Peninsula, mm-hmm. and there's Darlington, which is near Bowmanville. Well, all right then. So I Shit. believe, like I said, I believe I'm. Pr- there's just two, and it's like mm-hmm. over well over fifty percent of Ontario's power. Yep. Something like sixty when we looked at it. Yeah, I think so. But like, so Ontario clearly, is the most demanding province for power. Because we're the most populated. Yeah. 
So what you're saying is if we had two more power, nuclear power plants, we could meet every single household's energy needs. In Ontario, in at Ontario, least. In Ontario, yeah. And have some to spare? Yeah. To sell to Quebec or to Manitoba or to the States? I mean, we already sell to uh, Michigan, uh, three states. Michigan. New York. No, New York. We, yes, we sell really? to New York. Okay. And I can't remember what the third one is. Probably one of the ones on the east. Like the, the northeast. I think it might be Ohio. Oh, okay. Don't quote me. Um, so you're, what you're saying is just by building four power plants. And you can have them as remote as you want. True. Because power power transport does not really... There's some losses there, sure, but it's not About 90%. Much. Yeah, it's not much. I'm sorry, did you miss what I said? Did you say 9%? 90. Is uh, well, given it, off by heat. No, I mean like over... Like transporting it over distance through like... Through lines. Oh, okay. I think it, it is quite massive though. I mean, the infrastructure of getting every single bit of power from four plants is... Sure, that's a little yeah. complicated. Yeah. But just the principle of, you know, we could have four power plants providing all the energy we need. Plus, you know, all the other... And then we can just make more to sell more electricity yep. to other places. Yep. And we can place them around Canada. And then, boom, look at us. Carbon neutral. Well, not even carbon neutral. Carbon negative because we have so many trees. Well, you in know, the grand scheme of you things. You know what I mean. But again... We've had this conversation about being yes, carbon yes. negative. But... Well, I mean, as I said, I can run a forge completely carbon neutral... In the grand scheme, even though the government won't look at it that way, because I am putting off carbon dioxide, but it was carbon dioxide that came from trees. So, in other words, nothing's happening. I'm not bringing new carbon to the cycle, you Well, you're putting wits. new carbon in the air. That's the problem. But new carbon in the air isn't an issue if... I tell that to the government. I don't know. Well, that's what they care about most. Well, yeah, because... pollution in the air. They don't care if it's... You're taking carbon out of trees and, and putting it into the air, because... Sure, you're right. You're not increasing the amount of carbon in the cycle. You're increasing the amount of carbon in a particular part of the cycle. Yeah, as I say, the biggest thing people need to wrap their heads around is we need to get it out of the air and in the ground, not in a tree. A tree can be a great, useful starter pack if you're going to clear cut and bury it back into the coal mines. That's fine, but you need to get that carbon out, not just out of the air, but out of the cycle. What do you mean removed from the cycle long enough? Well, no, I mean well, just... No, you, I guess, yeah, if you just bury it in a mine and then seal it off, nobody yeah. ever touches it again. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, that doesn't take it out of the air. That's what people care about. They don't care if trees soak up the carbon from the air. Because mm -hmm. uh, then it's out of the part... It's out of the problematic part of the cycle. Yeah. That AC. But, but they forget like, that, again, it's a cycle. Those trees will die in 150 years. So, yeah. Well, okay. So. Brilliant. We could, we could have... Complete energy independence with nuclear energy, mm -hmm. and yet we won't because of the oil and gas uh, lobbyists. And you know what? Sure, the, the th we will still need oil and gas because people still have cars, right? Uh, for the well, foreseeable future, you're not gonna yeah, you're not gonna get every everyone from a gas powered car to an electric car for probably a hundred years, I mm. would say. Mm. And even then, there will probably still be some. What, you think sooner? I don't know. I don't know. What do you put a timeline on? What do you think? How long do you think it'll be before, basically, when someone says car, that it's expected that it's an electric car? Fifty years. Maybe sooner. Yeah, that soon? I think there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to go on, and I think that you're Canada, not wrong. There is a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built, especially because Canada is so big. 
Like, yeah. you can fill up your gas tank and then carry gas with you. You can't really oh, yeah. do that with electric cars. You can't fill up your battery and then Have carry extra. some... I mean, you extra, can carry extra like, battery, but... That's <laughs> the one that you change it. Yeah, I know. Right. That's what we should do an episode on. Right to right repair. To repair. Well, I mean... Uh, I, I would want to talk about it for more than another ten minutes. I know, but uh, let's just get both of our positions out there for right to repair. Absolutely. Fuck yes. Yes, 100%. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you finally came around to my side. I was on your side. What do you mean? Oh, bullshit. There were some things you were very, like, very against. Like what? I don't even... Anymore. Okay, it's been too long. The only thing that I had said is that, you know what, sure, there might be some intellectual property concerns, but then... My stance on that has always been, then deal with the intellectual property side. Don't deal with the... All right, fair enough. ...component side of things. Like, jeez. All right, then maybe I'm misremembering. You must be, because I've always been very pro-right to repair. Okay, good. That's like one of the... Good. I think... I think um, Lewis Rossman puts it best. That is a stance that anyone on any side of the political aisle can have. Yep. Because it boils down to, do you own something that you've bought? Yep. And that is one of the last few places that people agree... Is that, you know what, once you've bought something, mm-hmm. you own it, and it's yours. And yep. you should be able to fix it, and you should be able to take it apart and put it back together. However you see fit. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's going to kill you or not. Yeah. Well, and it's like, Tesla says, oh, it might not be safe. Well, yeah, but are you saying that it's safe for other cars? Are you saying your cars are less safe, safe than other cars? Exactly. Like, oh, okay, so I took my car, I took my Tesla apart. But 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 isn't that unsafe? Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same as me taking out a gag. Uh, yeah, it's the same as doing an engine swap in a regular car. It's like, yeah, it's pretty. Like if you mess it up, it's going to be a big deal. But oh, hey, look, the chain snap. Well, I guess I'm dead. Mm. Depends if it causes the engine to look completely explode. Well, no, I'm just talking like you know, I was lifting up the chain. Oh, you're lifting the engine out. The chain the snap. The chain and it snap. Drops on you, yeah. And it drops on me, or it drops on the car, and then the car falls on me. You know, there's a lot of other things. It's just like mm-hmm. clunk. Guess I'll die. Well, yep. Guess you're dead. <laughs> oh, there was something I saw. It was a TikTok. God, mm-hmm. I hate TikTok. Anyway, but I was sort of. Uh, it was something I found funny. It was a dude working on his car. All of a sudden, the rat, the uh, jack starts ratcheting, so he clicks, rolls out of it. Whew. That was a close one. Sure was, kid. And he looks up, and it's uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> the race of the, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The race car. The, the race driver is what. Yeah. Said. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, just to wrap back to the pipeline thing. Okay. How I said, first of all, the Green Party and environmentalists in general, nuclear power is literally right there. Literally right there. This is... You are being manipulated by the gas lobby. Renewables. This this is kind of meh. But this, I like this. It's like, (laughs) this is brilliant. But I like this. This. Yeah. It's like environmentalists. This is brilliant, nuclear power. But I like Like this, this. Yelling and screaming for no reason. Exactly. Or no, not yelling, yelling and screaming about the worst choices that you could choose to do for green yep. energy. And so, like, as I was, that the, I think the whole reason I brought it up, mm-hmm. because you know what, realistically, we, unless a major push for nuclear power comes, we are not going to be unreliant on carbon in yep. my life. I don't think in yep. my lifetime, and I don't think in my kid's lifetime. Nope. Well, maybe in my kid's lifetime. Well, and the other problem is that, well, I mean, but what about renewables? Well, renewables can work, but the problem is they require a lot of infrastructure and damaging infrastructure. Yep. You need batteries to hold all that stuff, and guess what a battery does? Yep. And the, and the other problem with that is, like, those systems are incredibly easy to buckle. Like, look at what happened with Texas. Like, yep. sure, some of it was the the gas lines froze. And oh, like, yeah. You know what? They were not insulated because... Um, they didn't need Texas it. Texas ever go below zero, right? 
But the other part of it was wind turbines froze, solar panels stopped working. I mean, in Germany... Like if you... Okay, you want to know the perfect textbook case for why renewables should just be fucking abandoned? Well, I don't... I don't Germany in comparison... Germany, or sorry, not abandoned, but should be used as a, sco- a stopgap while we build more nuclear plants. Mm-hmm. Germany versus France. Yeah. You've, they yeah, went the complete right. opposite direction. Germany went with more renewables. France went with more... Uh, France went with more nuclear... Guess what? Germany has some of the highest prices, and they've had to put up coal plants because their infrastructure wasn't set up for it, so they needed something as a stopgap. Well, coal was there, so congratulations, Germany. In order to solve problem, you made problem worse. Bureaucracy at its finest. And I think what I would say to environmentalists, yes, fundamentally, I agree with you. We should, like, if, even if, even if we take out, like, the global warming aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Pretend for a minute that even even just in some magical world, that gas and oil and other things like that did nothing to for the environment. Yeah, like as yeah. Far, not, well, they, they did nothing as far as global warming. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I still wouldn't want to put that crap in the air. Like, I, I care about air quality. I care about air quality. And also, it's a resource that is yeah, exactly. going it's to run out eventually. And sure, you can, you can make that same argument about, about nuclear power. But, like, I mean, nuclear power... Uh, There's a difference between running out in potentially 200 years and running out in 2,000 years. Yeah. And by then, hopefully by then in 2,000 years, we'll have solved cold fusion, and then that won't be a problem. Because then Trip <laughs> is just a... Yeah, never yeah. Literally, hey, uh, oh, it's like Spider-Man 2, the power of the sun <laughs> and the power of my, my hand. hand. Yeah. Well, So, uh, I, I will say, just to end the pipeline thing, mm-hmm. until we get to a point where we can be... be we, where we Throw off the shackles of... of yeah, until we get to a point where we can start building nuclear plants and become independent of gas and oil, pipelines are the best way to transfer it. Sure. Yep. Having it run, like, having significant amounts of oil shipped through, like, forested areas and, like, and environmentally, environmental areas, you know, like, mm-hmm. na- natural areas. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good thing? Not necessarily. Like, if I if you could avoid it, you would. But, you know what? Welcome the to the real world. Yeah, exactly. The real the al- world is much worse. The alternative is worse. The alternative yep. is you either ship it on a train, which has a twice as likely spill rate and requires a crap load of diesel, or you ship it in trucks, which is ten times as likely to spill and uses even more diesel or petrol mm-hmm. as like the, the tra- than trains do. So, and like it or not, just getting rid of the pipeline will make the demand go away. Yep. Well, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Observation Deck. Uh, we'd like to apologize that it's a shorter episode this week. Yes, our but plans no one I our planes just sort of uh, only allowed for a shorter episode today. Unfortunately, but next week we should be regular to our long ass bullshit. Yes, just random tangents. Well, we went on enough of random tangents anyway. I mean, this entire thing was basically random tangent mixed up with some uh, mm-hmm. pipeline exactly drama. <laughs> yep. Well, once again, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. If you liked the podcast, feel free to uh, please give it a positive rating and share it with anyone who you think would enjoy. And don't forget, like like we said last week, you can if you have any suggestions for things you want to hear us talk about or our opinions on, um, you can email us at the, the email address is theobservationdeckpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Any thoughts on the show? Anything you want to hear us talk about? Have a wonderful evening.